Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. We're in week two of our Stand Firm series, and, and today we're talking about an Aussie's guide to standing firm in a spiritual world. An Aussie's guide to standing firm in a spiritual world. Aussies, Australians, traditionally are not that spiritual. Even the Christians. You know, our, our, uh, even if you don't understand it, our Protestant tradition is, is not known for its spiritual dynamic. Um, and, and if you're from originally from, now that's changing because our culture's changing. Uh, you know, I probably couldn't say it quite like that if I was in the middle of Sydney, if I was in Petersham preaching this morning. It's, it's very different now. It's a different culture, different nation. It's shifted. But, but we're not known for our spiritual, spirituality, even, among, even amongst Christians. In fact, if, if you come from a different cultural background, like Asia or Africa or uh, Latin America or, or India, or, they're, they're, they're way more aware of the spiritual realm and spiritual principles and spiritual power, way more, aren't they? And uh, they, they look, even at, uh, I've, been, I've met plenty of Christians that started life in another country, and when you bring up this subject, they're like, oh yeah, Darren, you Aussies have no idea, like, you guys are hopeless at this. And, and uh, now, we're not hopeless, we're awesome, we're the greatest nation on the face of the planet, but we're not always deeply spiritually aware. So an Aussie's guide to standing firm in a spiritual world. And, and our, our key text, if you like, for the series is 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. It says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. And today we're going to continue to answer the question, um, how, how do we stand firm as a person of faith in times like these and really setting up for the God appointed of next? How do we stand firm as a person of faith? in times like these and as we set up. And so if you're here this morning from another um, context or background, you, you're probably there, you're like, oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, you've heard my prayers. We're going to finally talk about being spiritual. And if you've not got a church background, you might be sitting here thinking, is this going to get weird? No, it's not going to get weird, though the concepts might be foreign. And, um, but, you know, if, if just Come on the journey for the next 22 minutes. And some of you are here and you've been Christian a long time and you're like, Darren, I've got it. I'm all over it. And I'd suggest to you that we're not all over it yet, that I'm not all over it yet, that you're not all over it yet. In fact, I don't know anyone except for my daughter, Kate, who is all over it yet in the room today. I don't know that anyone. Wayne's close in all his Bulldogs gear, but the rest of us, uh, we're a long way from it. An Aussie's Guide to Standing Firm in a Spiritual World. Here's a two-minute recap of last week. I timed this. It is two minutes. Um, uh, stand firm is a big priority for us this year as a church. It's, it's big. We want to see you standing firm in your faith, and we want to see us standing firm as a church in your faith, you know, standing firmer than ever before today. And, um, and, and, our, our, and last week, we, I, I talked about two things that I see trending across the pandemic and post it as the world begins to open up. One is I see Christian people whose faith, uh, their, their, their devotion to God has deepened. It's gone deeper in the pandemic period and in this period as we open up. And then the other thing we see, both of these large-scale 
um, uh, across the church is people drifting in their faith. Just, I like having all the young guys on the front row. I promise I'm not going to point you out, except for Lockie. <laughs> and I already pointed out George and I already pointed out Kate. The rest of you are safe, okay, if you're feeling awkward. I might mention you, Gab. They are. <laughs> it's good to see you all on the front row. Lynn, you're safe, okay? I promise not to mention you right across this message, all right? Good. Okay. Um, I even forgot where I was. Standing firm. And adrift in their faith. We've seen these two things, and like this drifting and this deep devotion both going on. And we looked at 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And so we talked about two things. We talked about what Paul was saying uh, was the means by which we stand firm in the, in the same passage before uh, that we just read in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, we stand firm because Jesus died for people's sin. We stand firm because... Jesus conquered death and it is now powerless for all against all who believe in Jesus. He he talks about standing firm because Jesus did rise from the grave. He talks about standing firm because Jesus is coming back again. He talks about standing firm because this mortal body will will perish. Yours will too. Mine already is. It will perish and we will put on immortality. And he talks about the fact that eternity is coming and it's coming quickly and that in the twinkling of an eye, quicker than a Gen Zeta can text, Jesus is coming quicker than that, that we shall all be changed forevermore. And he says, therefore, given all of that, stand firm in your faith. And then he adds to that stand firm statement, let nothing move you. And we ask the question, what could possibly move you in your faith if you let it. So that's last week. That brings us up to this moment. And so now let's talk about an Aussie's guide to standing firm in a spiritual world. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20. Listen to this. Let it imagine you've never heard anything about Jesus before. You're on a desert island. You pick up a Bible, and this is the first chapter you read. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Yes, he's real. If you're not sure, check out human trafficking and you will know that there is evil in the world. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, Put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the sword um, of God's Word. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching the message as God's ambassadors. Uh, ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. How do we stand firm as a person of faith in a spiritual world? The first thing here is to go, is just, to, he says here, 
Um, so here's the first thought. Sorry, number one, live spiritually alert. Listen to the verses 10 to 13. A final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. You'll be able to stand against the strategies of the devil. For you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil and rulers and authorities and the unseen world. Against mighty. He doesn't diminish them. He says, they're mighty powers in this dark world. And against evil spirits in heavenly places. And he says all this. And he, he, he attributes to them power. Like, this, this is a big deal. But then he's unmoved. He's like, but you don't need to worry too much if you listen to what I say. He doesn't say you might stand firm if you do what I say. He says you will stand firm. Yes, they're powerful. Yes, they're mighty. But they're incidental if you do what it is I say to do. And he says, therefore, put on, you know, the breastplate of army, uh, armor, etc., etc. The more spiritually alert and active we are, the more empowered we are to stand firm and thrive. The more spiritually alert and active we are, more, the more empowered we are to stand firm and thrive. There, there, there are spiritual forces at work in and around all of our lives. When I first became a Christian at 21 years of age, I, um, I moved away from where I lived just to, like, to get away. So that, to be honest, so I wouldn't party. And so I moved away and, and uh, the first week I became a Christian um, never happened to me before the woman, the neighbor starts yelling out to me every time I pull up to come into her place. And to be honest, I'm 21. I'm like, well, that wasn't happening last week. Now I've become a Christian and the neighbor is yelling out to me to come in, not to drink tea. And I'm like, okay, clearly this is spiritual. I didn't know anything. I'm a brand new Christian, but I'm like, this is weird. And I was aware enough to go, this must be spiritual. As impressive as a human I am, she doesn't know me yet, so this must be spiritual. They are um, joking, obviously. And um, the more spiritually alert and active we are, the more empowered we are to stand firm and thrive. Would you say, would you say you are more spiritually alert or spiritually oblivious? Which one? Which would you be? Um, Bron's very discerning. I live a little bit oblivious. It helps me move forward, but it leaves me not always aware of what's going on around me. When it comes to spiritually, are you, would you say you're more spiritually alert to stuff going on or spiritually oblivious? Because, um, And if I'm not alert, let's acknowledge it. Just acknowledge I'm, I'm not all over it spiritually yet. And acknowledge that I've got some room to grow. And that's the the hope of today, that all of us would go, yep, I've got some room to grow. I can get better at this. Um, let's think about it. Based on the text that we just read, would you say that you are pretty spiritually alert or, or are you a little bit oblivious still? Where are you up to? And, and I'll just say this about it. Um, there are those people who think everything is spiritual. Like they think there's a demon behind everything. That's not true. And there are those people who think everything is natural. And that's not true. Life is natural. I'm human. If you've been around long enough, you know. And life is spiritual. And they're both. And we hold them in tension. And none of us have it in perfect tension. But, but, but what Paul's saying is, hey, so it's okay. He's not, he's not hung up on it. He's saying, but what I want you to know, there are spiritual forces. Be spiritually alert and know that there is a way to 
live with power in this spiritual world. And so that's the, the good news. I, I'm not sure if I've got it here. I'm sure I have. I don't know if I can find it. C.S. Eliot um, says, I oh, hear it is. C.S. Lewis, sorry, says, um, don't have an unhealthy over-interest here and don't dismiss it as incidental. I think that's the tension to hold it in. Hey, let's not get focused. You know, sometimes I think people become less powerful when they become Christians as they become aware of the spirit. They're like, they're scared of everything. And, um, and everything's got a, something spiritual behind it. Not everything does. I just do things that are not right sometimes because I'm human. And I need to, the Bible says, live by the power of the spirit. And other times they are spiritual. And do I always discern the difference? No, but do we want to be alert? Yes. And so just chill around it, be okay with it, and be alert to it. Um, living spiritually alert. It, it helps us, enables us to combat things um, in a way that the natural can't. It, it helps us to set up and influence what's ahead. I like that idea, it, to live proactively and, and reactively powerfully to what's coming at us. It, it, it shifts the power base in our favour in the midst of anything. Living spiritually aware just shifts the power base in this life, which does have struggle, uh, in our direction. It, it moves towards us having the power, the power base shifts. So the more spiritually and active, a spiritually active and alert we are, the more empowered we are to stand firm and thrive. So number one, just be alert. Hey, what's going on in your life right now? Could there be a spiritual dynamic to it? What's coming at you right now? It's not always what's presenting. Bronnie taught me this. You've got to think about sometimes what's behind it. And, uh, and that's very powerful. It's easy to look at what's presenting and, and, uh, uh, and just take it at face value. But sometimes what's presenting, there's something behind it. And sometimes the spiritual, mostly I think the spiritual, doesn't present as, um, if you're as old as me, uh, there was a movie, did anyone see it, called um, like Evil Dead or Poltergeist or any of those movies, right? Those movies, well, in those movies, you can quickly tell evil because the head's spinning on the body. <laughs> Most of it doesn't present like that. If you think about it, Jesus is tempted with pride and um, hunger and just um, acknowledging who he really is. Uh, he's tempted in those ways. The, the, the forces of darkness come against him. The devil comes against him that way. And, and Paul talks about don't, don't give the enemy a foothold. And, and the context is anger. So the spiritual coming at us can look very different. It can look like gossip or a whisper or, or all kinds of things. Um, opportunity, ambition, someone speaking about the other person down the road in a negative way, someone speaking about your church in a negative way. It can be all kinds of things that look very natural. Remember, Jesus is talking one day and he's telling them about his death that is to come. And the apostle Peter says, no way, Jesus, you're not dying. I'm here. I'm going to die for you. We're going to sort this thing out. And Jesus turns to Peter and he says, hey, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You have in mind the things of men not the things of God. It's deeply spiritual. So it looks different, but living spiritually alert. That's number one. Number two, uh, he talks about living spiritually prepared. And in verses 13 to 17, it says, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after uh, the battle, you will be standing firm still, stand your ground. He talks about putting on the belt of truth and he talks about putting on um, the body armour of God as righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace and 
helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. And of course, in that context, they understood this because they were used to a Roman soldier. But the, the, the things here are truth and the gospel and faith and salvation and the word of God. And he, he says the enemy has no plan to combat that. There's no power of hell or power of darkness or force of darkness that can combat God's truth or the good news or as we bring faith to it, stand in the salvation that is ours and take our stand on the word of God. And um, he says, when, when you combat anything spiritual with that, you'll be able to stand firm. And so I don't want to labor there today, but those things, you know, when I was first a Christian, this is kind of weird. This is the weird Christian moment, if you're visiting with us. I would get up every day and I would go through the process. Oh, helmet of salvation. I pretend to put it on. I know it's weird. My son's already smirking at me. Belt of truth. And I just go through this process every day. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let's go. I'm in charge. I'm in control. I have authority. There's nothing to fear. There's no one can combat me. I've got the power of God within me. I've got the word of God with me. I've got the sword of the spirit. I've got truth. I've got righteousness. It's all in my favor. The good news is mine. People can be free and liberated by the power of that. I'm not at the mercy of those around me. Actually, they might be at the mercy of the plan of God. And so standing firm in those things and truth and the good news with faith, salvation and the word of God. And then number three, number three is simply this. How do we stand firm as a person of faith? Win the battle in the spirit or win the battle in the spiritual. Ephesians chapter six, verses 18 to 20 say this. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him, for him as I should. Pivotal to standing firm and a thriving faith is prayer that wins the battle in the spiritual. Listen, look at these words here. It's such a powerful, powerful thing. And, and, and think about this just for a moment. If prayer does what it claims, what the Bible says it does, if prayer does that, it's probably the most under-leveraged, underused power in all of creation, isn't it? Like if prayer does what the Bible says, that our prayers are powerful and effective, that they can pull down um, spiritual forces, that, they can, that God hears, that God responds, that, that things change, that things are set in motion, all of that. If prayer is as powerful as the Bible says, and it is, prayer might be the most underutilized power in all of God's creation. Uh, given prayer's potential, would you say you fully utilize prayer? Or is there room to grow? I think I've got room to grow. Not in a bad way. Not in a, I'm not going to heaven way. Just, you know, what could happen if I leverage this more the way God says? You know, so three ways to pray he, that, that win the battle in the spiritual. Paul talks about here, he says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. And depending on your church background, if you're a Christian, you read that one of two ways. It's, it's like this, this praying in the spirit is responding to the Holy Spirit and what he's stirring and all of that. And that's good. And that's that's true when we want to be open to that. Someone sent me a text the other day, yesterday, and said, hey, Darren, I've really been stirred to pray for you the last three days. And I thought, you know what? I really needed your prayer in the last three days. I appreciate that in my life. And so it talks about that, what Holy Spirit stirring, praying the Spirit. But also, if you're Pentecostal, 
You believe that praying in the Spirit is speaking about what the Bible calls the gift of tongues. It's called a heavenly language. And, and, and the Bible talks about praying in the Spirit because it builds up our spirit and speaks mysteries to God. Now, both are in Scripture. Both are there. Both are promised to God's people. But pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. So, so here's my thought here. Number one, make a next step in our prayer life. What's the next step for you? What would be the next step in your prayer life? I, I think my next step is, is that, um, uh, you know, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting in early February. And I, I feel like it's the most spiritually dynamic part of my year. It's the hungriest part of my year and the fittest part of my year, the healthiest. And it's the most spiritually dynamic. And I thought, I reckon I need to add, I was asking myself this question this week, I need to add that into the rhythm of my year somewhere. I see that in scripture. I see that that's what they did. They regularly fasted and prayed. And so that's for me. But what is it for you? My mum lived most of her Christian life with her husband not being a Christian when she remarried. He did become a Christian later, but, but for many years she didn't. So she would pray in the shower. She would pray at the clothesline and she would pray in the car. Well, maybe you're in a similar situation. Maybe there's an opportunity. The shower is your new place for praying in the spirit praying in the car, you know, whatever it is. It's got to be way better than listening to the ABC right now anyway. So just praying that what does it look like next for you? Um, one of the changes I made about three years ago was, you know, I was away a bit and stuff and, and I just wasn't as present as a dad as I wanted to be or that Bron and I wanted me to be. And, and uh, we just determined that whenever I'm home, I take the kids to school. So I get up early, I'm an early riser, I work, I pray, 7.30 I stop, I wake up the kids, get them breakfast, on their clothes, good life, hey? And, uh, and, and we have fun and we get ready for school and, and then we go. And then on the way to school, we'll laugh and um, we'll have a song list that's pretty upbeat mostly, unless Katie's in a, you know, Taylor Swift kind of mood or something and... And, uh, and we arrive at school happy. And I was thinking about this last week. Uh, you know, I do not, there's not a single morning in that, whatever it is, three years that I regret that I made that choice. I might have said no to you or to, to prayer or to something. But there's not one single morning I'm looking back and going, wish I'd gone for a run. Wish I'd gone and met Joey Bloggs. Wish I'd who is a good fellow, Joey, but I'm glad. And, and you know my only regret? My only regret, and you know what it is, is that I didn't start sooner. I reckon when your life and my life wrap, as it relates to prayer, our only regret is that we didn't make the change sooner. We'll never regret that we added something to the way we pray. We'll never, no one's going to get to the life, end of their life and go, man, I wish I prayed less. I wish I just held, the, held, held my nerve that day Daz was talking about. I wish I'd just gone, no way are you moving me, brother. I'm just going to, what I do is what I do. You're not moving me one inch, one minute, one way. I'm not doing anything. You, you might regret that, but you won't regret saying yes. Let's think about what next looks like for me. And so make your next step in prayer. And then Paul says this, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And, and just my second thought on this, on this prayer part is just be praying for everyone. Just alert and persistent, alert and persistent, alert and persistent. When you see something going on, 
Um, I reckon a good measure is every time I want to raise someone in a conversation with someone else, like, did you hear about Mikey? I can choose Mikey. Did you hear about Mikey? Oh, just the way he wears shorts to Corinna. Did you hear about Mikey? Well, what a better, well, I'm praying for Mikey right now. I'm praying, Mikey, just be less rebellious. It's just, I'm not telling anyone. Mikey, just be less rebellious. Just get on board with the plan. Wear those long socks with your shorts or wear long pants. And um, it's, but rather than talking about Mikey, what a great thing for me to do would be to pray for Mikey. And, uh, you know, if it's something real, if you're here, if you're tempted to talk about someone, just turn it, convert it to a prayer instead of a conversation. Convert my opinion to a prayer. Convert commentary and opinion into prayers of power. That'd be a good way to win the battle in the spirit. Pray for everyone. And then the third thought is just pray specifically and strategically. Paul goes on and talks about it. He says, hey, pray for me that I'll be bold. Pray for me. Not only that I'll be bold, but I'll have just the right words. I like that. Because sometimes bold Christians, they just throw grenades that actually are not always helpful. But, but Paul would pray, Lord, pray for me that I'll be bold and that I'd have just the right words. Beautiful. And let's just say, hey, how can we personally pray for someone? How are we praying personally? For Who are we praying for personally, specifically? And how are we praying strategically? In Jesus' name, amen. All right? All right. Why don't you stand with me? Well, I want to pray a prayer as we wrap. I want to pray the prayer Paul asked for at the end there. He prayed that he would be bold, that the people would be pray for him that he would be bold and that he'd have just the right words to speak as it relates to the message of Jesus. That's what I want to pray for all of us today. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for every single person in the room today, every person here, Lord. Thank you for their heart for you. Thank you for their curiosity or their deep devotion wherever they're at, but towards you. And Lord, I just pray for everyone here to have boldness. Boldness, Lord, if they're a believer, boldness around you gospel, boldness around the way they live their life, Lord, and that you'd give us just the right ways and the right words to live it. And Lord, for anyone who's not yet a believer, I just pray, Lord, that if they, they're just their hearts pumping and they know that you are and that you do exist, Lord, I just pray that they would make the bold step of saying yes to you, surrendering to who Jesus is, the Savior of the world and the Lord of all. I pray that people would make that bold step. May you give them boldness today in Jesus' name. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.